Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish 19th century philosopher, once told the parable of an old farmer who had harvested his crop and to his surprise made a, much, a, made a larger than expected profit. So he decided that he would indulge himself in the purchase of a new pair of shoes. He had needed new shoes for a long time, so this was his chance to buy them. So he went off to the cobbler shop, and when he had made his purchase, he realized that he had enough money still left over to buy a new pair of pants. So he hadn't purchased a new pair of pants in a long time, so he went off to the clothier and found for himself a nice pair of pants and purchased them. On the way out of the clothier shop, he realized he still had enough money to go on a little bit of a drinking spree. So at the end of a long night of drinking, he stumbled out of the last tavern and realized that he was in no position to go home, so he resolved to sleep it all off at the curb of the road. A little while later, a horse-drawn wagon made its way down the cobblestone, and the driver of the cart could see up ahead the drunken man lying in the road, so he yelled to the man, move yourself or I'll run over your legs. The farmer woke up and looked down at the new shoes and pants and not recognizing them said, go ahead, they're not mine anyway. <laughs> there are times in our lives when we don't recognize ourselves. There are times in our lives when we do something or we say something and we ask, where did that come from? How did that come out of me? I don't recognize myself. Clarence McCartney told the story of the man who dreamt one night of being followed and haunted by a mysterious veiled figure. Every time something good seemed about to happen, the veiled figure would step in and prevent it from happening. As soon as the man won the lottery, the veiled figure snatched it away. When he was about to fall into a peaceful slumber, the veiled figure awakened him with fear and anxiety. When he sat down to eat, the veiled figure stole his food. When he won fame, the veiled figure took away his reputation. When he prepared to walk through the door of opportunity, the veiled figure slammed the door. When he was at the altar prepared to say his wedding vows, the veiled figure stood in the congregation and gave all the reason for why he should not be married. Finally, after these attacks, the man had had enough and screamed, who are you? And he reached out with his hand and yanked the veil away, and what he saw was his own face. There are times in our lives when we don't recognize ourselves. I don't know what came over me, we say out loud, when we have acted outside of our character, when we've lost a, a little control over what we want people to think that we are. Something inside bubbles up. Something inside rises up to the surface. Some veiled figure appears and takes over our veneer, our image, our costume that we've been wearing to put ourselves in the best light that we know how. And it, it may not necessarily reflect really what's going on inside of us, this image that we have created for ourselves. We want, we want folks to know that we're strong, but we're really not all that strong. We want folks to know that we're good, but we're not really all that good. We want folks to know that we're smart, but we're not really all that smart. And we spend a lifetime doing as much as we can papering over the real person inside, almost to the point of not recognizing parts of who we are. 
In Arthur Miller's tragic play, Death of a Salesman, he tells the story of Willie Lohman, the quintessential mid-20th century salesman who wants to be anything that he can be in order to get the sale. He goes from account to account, customer to customer, deal to deal, trying to make something of himself, and in the process, loses himself. And along the way, disappoints all the important people in his life. And in the end, he meets a tragic death, and his son, Biff, stands over his grave and says he never knew who he was. The Bible's filled with such folks so busy trying to prove themselves, they lose themselves. Adam and Eve hiding in the garden out of shame of their nakedness. Cain kills his brother out of jealousy. Jacob steals his brother's birthright. King Saul conjures up spirits. King David covers up a crime. Judas sells out his savior, losing themselves while attempting to prove themselves. I don't know, each of them would say, I don't know what came over me. Sometimes what comes over us is somebody else's narrative for our lives. James Bryan Smith has been good to tell us in his books we've been reading what he describes as the false narrative that gets told about us and that we hear it so often we think it's true, that you're really not worthy of love unless you're good enough or skinny enough or smart enough or rich enough or religious enough. So we, we try for these things even though we really may not be those things. And we paper over our souls and stop recognizing ourselves. We become to ourselves the stranger. So it's good news, or at least could be the good news, that comes to us when we read the words of the psalmist who acknowledges something that should be as clear as the nose on our faces, and that is that the one who created us, the, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb, the one who designed us from the very beginning, the God of all creation, knows, in fact, the real me, knows, in fact, the real you. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discernest my thoughts from far away. There is someone who knows the whole story. There is someone who knows every nook and cranny inside your heart. There is someone who knows the real you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's the same someone who tells us time and time and time again, not only do I know the real you, but I love the real you. And here's the thing. We cannot know the fullness of God's love until we are willing to take the honest journey inward to discover again the real us that God really loves. So many people are walking around thinking that God could only love the image. God could only love the veneer. God could only love the costume. But that's not who God loves. God loves everything that is true about you. Frederick Buechner, the great Presbyterian author, said, to confess your sins to God is not to tell God anything God doesn't already know. Until you confess them, however, he continues, 
They are the abyss between you. When you confess them, they become the Golden Gate Bridge. And maybe that was the case with Father Brennan Manning, the Roman Catholic priest who did his best to earn the love of God by accepting the hardest assignments a priest could accept, traveling the world, subjecting himself to the hardest conditions, serving the hardest communities. He did everything he thought he was supposed to do. He journeyed everywhere he thought he was supposed to go. But what he was most afraid to do, as it turned out, was to travel inside to take on the journey inward. And there he found the part of himself he didn't ever know, the stranger within. And he came to terms with all the ways that he had tried to paper over himself, including his alcoholism. And so he took the deep dive to discover all those things that God already knew about and found there the God who had preceded him and who loved him even still. Said Father Manning, to live by grace means to acknowledge my whole life story, the light side and the dark side. And in admitting my shadow side, I learn who I am and really what grace really means. After about my 20th year of ministry and working so hard to prove myself, I began wondering if I knew myself, and it seemed more and more that I kept wondering what was coming over me. I grew anxious and not myself, so I knew it was time to go and talk to a counselor and begin understanding the growing stranger inside of me to discover what was underneath this veneer, what, what I had papered over some stuff I was glad to see, other stuff not so glad to see. But the more the journey, the more I discovered the real me and discovered deep down there the God who loved even that, the real me. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, what lies behind us, what lies before us, is not nearly as important as what lies within us. So we begin our Lenten journey with the good news that to take the journey inside of our souls is not to go somewhere God has not already been. It's not to unearth something that God has not already known. It's not to uncover something that God has not already uncovered. But now we can finally be free to be who we were always supposed to be, the beloved children of God, someone we can finally recognize. Real freedom, said good father Manning, is freedom from the opinion of others, and above all, freedom from the opinion you have of yourself. Wouldn't it be a good thing that in coming to this table, we brought with us the real us, that when the invitation goes out, that we would hear it for the real us, that the bread broken would be for all those broken pieces inside of us, that the cup poured for, would be for all those places parched within us for the love of God. 
that grace might really be amazing, that love might really, really be unconditional, and that we might finally come to know the stranger within. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away.